moved it to the spot where the birth center nurse had found the perfect heartbeat only minutes before. Suddenly, she pushed his hands away altogether. From out of nowhere came a horrible, ripping agony. The pain stretched from one side of her belly to the other, and just as fast it dove down between her legs. She grabbed her crucifix, but the pain worsened. Dropping it, she reached down to her pelvis instead but the pain changed direction and burned a path straight to her chest. Nola clutched her breastplate, but again the pain had moved. It now fanned out across her entire belly like twenty flaming arrows shot straight from hell. Then came the nausea and a cold, drenching sweat. She tried that cleansing breath she had heard about on TV, but to no avail. The pain! The pain! Nola slapped at Theodore's hands, but her words only got as far as the plastic mask. She shouted louder, but Theodore kept sliding the hockey puck over her body. His bald head had erupted into a maze of tiny rivers. His eyes looked panicked. Finally, she ripped the mask from her face. What's happening, my baby boy? Theodore mashed the mask back on her face. Breathe. Your baby needs this more than ever. Leonard yelled over his shoulder. Theo, what the hell are you guys doing? Is the baby coming already? This can't be happening, not again. Theo, what the hell are you talking about? The baby's heartbeat, you damn fool. I can't find the baby's heartbeat. No way. Another one? Stick it, Leo. Nola grabbed her belly and screamed, Save us all, Lord Jesus. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Dr. Ray Dupre had showered and wrapped a towel around herself. She was a petite woman, barely five feet three, 105 pounds with the lithe body of a dancer. She sat on the locker room's sleek wooden bench. In her hand, she held a dictaphone, into which she began reading her grocery list. Not that she had that much time to shop. Being the vice chair of Berkeley Hills Hospital's prestigious OBGYN department left her little time for a personal life, so when she shopped, she wanted to get in and out in a hurry. There would be even less time when she became chair of the department, the long-awaited goal of her professional life. She would not only be the hospital's first woman chair, she would be its first black woman chair. The fight to get there had been a tough one, and as far as she was concerned, worth every sacrifice she had made. The door opened, and Bernice Brown, veteran maternity nurse and Ray's best friend, entered the room. Good Lord, what a night! And that angel? Like an outtake from The Exorcist. Why don't you tell me how you really feel, Bernie? But leave the good Lord out of it. Bernie stared down at Ray from her height of six feet and adjusted a four-generation-old nursing hat she always wore inside the hospital, even when she was dressed in her jeans and blue parka as she was now. Come on, Ray. I know you feel the same way. Angel was a bit much even for you. Admit it. You're getting too old for these all-nighters. I never get tired. Who gets tired at thirty-eight? 
Ray hated admitting how old she was, even to Bernie. Her mother was 38 when she died. Ray was 10 years old. In the back of an ambulance, her mother abrupted and bled out, giving birth to a stillborn. Ray was riding with her. She tried to wipe up the mess with her yellow sweater like that would save her. Her mother was the first really sick person Ray had ever known. So sick, she died. From that moment on, Ray vowed that no woman should ever have to suffer the way her mother did. It was her reason for becoming an obstetrician. Bernie interrupted Ray's thoughts. I actually don't know how much longer I'll be doing these night shifts, Ray. You never complained before, Bernie. Bernie leaned against the locker and crossed her arms over her chest. I might be out of a job. Not this again, Bernie. You really shouldn't listen to rumors. That's all they are. Bernie plopped down.